everybody, welcome back to Working for the Rich and Famous podcast. Hope you've all had a good week. It's another scorching week here in London. Honestly, us British people, you can't, you can't please us. We moan half the time because it's freezing and then when it gets hot, we moan again. But it's mid-September and it's 30 degrees, it's lovely. Um, moving on, uh, today we have got um, uh, a New Yorker, someone who's been based in New York for a long time, working in the private sector in New York but not from New York. So really interested to talk to Clara and find out where she came from, what her career was before she moved into the sector, how she got into the sector, and then um, what her life is like now and you know what she can sort of recommend to others to have a similar career path to her. So really keen to sort of have a, have a chat with Clara. So Clara, um, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Philippa. Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh no, welcome. No, thanks for coming on. No, I'm really well, thank you. We've been meaning to uh, have our conversation about a few weeks now, haven't we? We, uh, we had a conversation a few weeks ago and then we've had this booked in for a while. So a long overdue uh, chat between us, I think. Um, where should we start then? So why don't we start with today in a sense that um, let's, start, let's start today in terms of talking about what COVID situation is like over there with you and how, how has it affected your working life. Ah, okay. COVID is, uh, you know, because the U.S. is so big, every state has been passing different uh, phases of, depending of the, you know, contamination. New York City uh, became famous because we were the first state to have the big, uh, you know, numbers in terms of people infected. But because of that, I think we were the first state to become also more, open to start um, restarting business and everything in general. Right now, we are like facing at the point that this week, this coming week is gonna finally be open the restaurants for the public. They have been serving outside for the ones that have the facilities outside, of course. But families has been affected uh, because in New York has been big, the numbers of people losing their jobs mm-hmm. and the subway system has been, a, you know, it was at some point complicated. But now, you know, the city started to restart with everything. No Broadway shows yet, no theaters yet, and no cinemas. But, and the families, because some of them, they decided to, the kids to stay home. Um, most of the families also had staying outside New York like Connecticut, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, because is the, where the three houses are located at, like around New York. So this is basically, you know, a new situation. Um, a new rule came to the private service sector demanding for more living in positions, nannies, tutors. This has been like very in a very high demand. And of course, it has changed the rules for everybody, like, you know, in general. Yeah, it's been such a, who would have thought, who would have thought even sort of, you know, six, 12 months ago, something so changing, life-changing would sort of happen. It seems to have such a big impact on absolutely everybody in every single sector. So, um, yeah, let's just sort of hope that, you know, we get to some kind of new normal as soon as possible. So, you know, we, we can all sort of carry on. Um, so tell, tell us how long you've been working in the private sector for. Yes, I have been myself like 15 years since I relocated from my hometown, San Salvador, and El Salvador. And it was for me a really 
180 degrees change in my career. Um, in El Salvador, I have a different path in the telecommunication industry. I have a degree in industrial engineering. And in my first years, I worked for two big companies. And one of them was AT&T, uh, then Lucent Technologies. And with them, I was working for the project management department. I started with something simple like a project scheduler, but the company gave me the opportunity to have the professional development in this field. And I, I had all the assignments for like inside the project, project management, doing cost control, uh, asset and materials, and of course, project management. They gave the opportunity to travel around the world, starting with the projects, installing air stations, um, and commuting station for the telecommunication industry. So I came for a really good uh, uh, background in terms that I never knew that I was gonna be useful now, uh, because after being handling projects that represented more than a hundred million dollars in terms of uh, cost management, uh, now like you know this is exactly a good experience for my actual you know my actual field. Okay, and so a, a degree in engineering into estate management in New York. So. What what happened 15 years ago to make that switch? Ah, okay. I have a big change in my life that I had to relocate uh, to the U.S. And in that moment, it was a personal situation that I was, uh, you know, I was getting divorced and I thought it was a good idea to have a fresh start. And I thought I was going to have an opportunity to work for another telecommunication company. But 15 years ago, the industry was having a big, big, uh, you know, compression. And a friend in Georgia gave me this idea to, came, to come with an out pair, as an out pair, working for a family, uh, as a many of the kids for the afternoon. And this is how I came to the U.S., because even when I didn't have a professional experience, I had the experience as a mother and because I love kids and, you know, I have a, a genuine um, heart to, uh, you know, to mentor people and kids in general. Uh, my two sons are two successful kids uh, because that's the way that I see life. So I took this job like a challenge and for to come here and it was a really good experience. But then soon I realized that the industry was better located in other places like Florida, New York, and Connecticut. But then I moved to Florida at the beginning because I got a job with a family as a housekeeper. It was housekeeping, it was nanny. And they gave me the opportunity to start with zero experience in terms of professionally doing it. So I learned with them, like, you know, to how to do everything. And little by little, because they saw my potential working in the administrative field, they never knew that I was coming with that background, traveling for different countries, helping with projects, but they saw my potential. And, um, and I started managing the house, starting uh, organizing the inventories, closets, vendors, contractors, setting up schedules for kids, even the dog. And, you know, little by little, I became like professional in this area. And, you know, this is how I started. 
So I was doing, uh, I learned how to make uh, beds like a five star style and make bathrooms, set up beautiful tables. It was a really good school. It was a really good opportunity. Yeah, definitely. So what you've done, I, I think you were quite clever about your move because you were obviously at a certain level in your career. And what some people may think at that point is, there's no way I'm going to drop right down to au pair level or housekeeper level. I want to go straight in at manager level. But obviously, they're not going to have the skills to do that. You were quite sensible and you, you thought, well, actually, I am brand new to this country and to this industry. So I'm going to start at the bottom and I'm going to demonstrate my capabilities and then progress from there. And that obviously paid off really well for you. And you had a family that gave you the opportunity and saw your potentials and obviously let you grow in the role. So I think that's a really lovely way to enter the industry in a really humble way to not brag about your qualifications or brag about your experience, but to just go and be grateful for the opportunity and then sort of grow from there. So, um, so good for you. So how long, how long was that period then from your first au pair job to your first management position? How long did that take you? Oh, okay. Uh, um, when, when I saw there was knowing the industry uh, a little bit more, is this when I decided to move uh, five years after to New York. I came to New York City and also looking for families to have a better opportunity. At the beginning, I think the people that we migrate, we don't have exactly the freedom to pick a specific field because we don't have a, well, not everybody has the resident, the green card to say, oh, well, I can work on my own. And so we work what the job visa allows to work so for a specific employer. But then when you have the freedom to say what you want to do is when I saw that I love the industry, I really, you know, got passionate what I do. Uh, maybe I'm, I don't want to compete with young kids that they are so bright in the corporate world. So I decided to stay. I've targeted New York back then to start um, managing houses. And I came to New York and I came to my first, um, it was house, it was a hybrid in housekeeping and house manager in New York 10 years ago, a little bit more than 10 years ago. And, um, and then I realized there was um, I like a big, you know, like a big responsibilities because it was not only one field that I was needing to be an expert. I was needing to be at some point a butler, uh, you know, like, uh, of course, not a professional, but um, serving, preparing beautiful um, dinner parties uh, in charge of uh, confirming the host, having the place beautiful, the menus, and all the organization around the house, having the human resources uh, kind of with my staff under my supervision started to be like I understood that I was needing to develop more ex like extra skills that I had before because the diversity is big the hats to wear were like many to learn and but it was a very good challenge it, it was really good to to understand this business at the beginning yeah. And so when you moved to New York, were you ever in a household working under somebody who could teach you or did you have to self-learn all of this yourself? Well, actually, I had to go on my own. My supervisor was the principal, the lady of the house. And I just put all my knowledge together. Even the same staff was telling me, oh, the lady likes this. 
and this and that. And, and of course, all the administrative part was what she liked, what she wanted, what she wanted for her family. And, um, and you know, I started to use more the hands-on skills that I got, that I had before in terms of uh, what was more formal. Like I was needing to uh, serve tables and prepare everything in a more formal way. But basically it was 50% of my own and the other 50 was for my principal. Honestly, I think one of the best skills you house managers and estate managers have is if you don't know how to do something, you're very good at pretending you do and then going out, going away and finding out how to do it. I think that's one of the biggest things. And I think people don't appreciate in the corporate world that skill because they have such a big team to lean on normally. And if you're a senior management position in a house and the principal asks for something that you don't know anything about, it's just up to you. The answer is always yes. It's just up to you to go and uh, figure out how to deliver it. You, you're there to bring solutions, you know, and um, yeah, such a skill that you guys just have to have. I think it's just a natural skill you guys need to be able to. No, definitely. No, definitely. I did not do it. I says, and then I was Googling, what is this? Where can I get these type of vendors for something that I never uh, did a research of my life, but you know, you find everything in New York, like in London, because my actual uh, principal is in London. Uh, you know, you find everything. There is nothing in the network of people doing uh, the same in the same field. Uh, there is so many resources. You ask in the network, and somebody respond. Oh, I have this person that he did for me fantastically. So. It's a really, really, really good. And so since you've been in New York, have you worked just for one employer for all the 10 years or have you had multiple employers in that 10 years? Well, in 10 years, basically, I have um, three, three employers and one of them was very long term because in the first job that I came to New York, it was a living in situation. And definitely it was maybe not for me because my kids were teenagers back then and it was complicated to keep a life, uh, you know, helping them. But um, kind of in tears, I have to say goodbye to them. And I found a position with a family that I spent uh, almost six years and it also was a, a great school for me. It was not yet and working with the ultra high network families. But people with, uh, you know, with a really high level in New York City, and, um, and they gave me, as I said, opportunity to learn even more things. Um, because in New York, there are so many rules about the buildings and this and that. So, you know, you really need to know the rules for the, here's everybody needs a license. Everybody gets a ticket, even for simple things like the garbage on the street. It's not your fault, it's the tourists passing. They throw a garbage, then the owner of the property receives the fine uh, for those things. So there are so little, many rules and sound in terms of the elevators, inspections. The, because here is, uh, you know, it's an uh, old city. This is a hundred years old city, uh, maybe not like similar to Europe, uh, but, uh, but the rules are complicated to com complete um, correctly because the tourists, they don't help and they're around all the time. They drop garbage in the property, they spill things, they open your own garbage because, uh, you know, this is a situation that makes sometimes out of control mm -hmm. over there something happen when you come in the morning, nobody, you know, uh, nobody expects something. But 
it was um, interesting to work for them. And, um, and as I said, um, one day came a um, big opportunity to work for a ultra high net worth family. And I couldn't say no, even when I was so attached to this lovely family. Uh, again, I said goodbye in tears. They, you know, they gave me like a dinner to thanks for the years that I was, you know, working for them. Um, but, you know, I wanted to grow in this field and, and like everybody. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And I think it's always, I think it's always good to move on. There's definitely something to be said for staying in a role for a very long time, but equally, I think there are negatives to that as well. And I think if you stay in a role for a very, very long time, it, 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 um, it means that you're unable to grow unless the role changes itself. So um, I think it's very normal to do a, do a good stint and then sort of move on to a new challenge. So tell us about your most, so where, where's your career today? So what would you say your current job title is and what would you say you're normally responsible for in a role today? Oh, okay, yes. Um, right now I'm a house manager and personal assistant for a high network family. And this is, um, in the beginning, there were two properties. Now there are three. Two are located in London, and uh, eventually I had to be traveling. Have been traveling to London, which I love it. I don't. I didn't have the time to visit the museums yet, but you know, I love it. And and basically, my location. I'm based in New York City, and remotely, I do everything for my principals. I manage the the staff, the chef, housekeeper. A laundress, driver, and remotely I do the same. I went there uh, my first month working for these people um, to set up the books, the manuals with all the information with their accounts and making physical contact with vendors, providers, meeting them, um, contractors, setting up, you know, everything around the house, alarms, insurance, meeting locally. Uh, the company was going to do that. So right now I'm in charge and like any state house manager, everything uh, around the property, events, uh, small dinners, family dinners, or big events. I'm in charge of the house inventories around the house, um, art, uh, jewelry, everything that the principals can have. And um, I, of course I manage the personnel, I like to have great connection with people that work for me because I identify myself. I was a housekeeper at some point of, of my life. And I like to mentor them because I understand that people sometimes they get these jobs as a way to have an income. But I like them to uh, feel that this is not a, another job. Like, you know, this is a career that somebody can grow and can learn. Like, you know, the, the, definitely there there is people that, that likes this and has the you know the the passion to learn something else. So I take that part. I like because I'm somebody that works with technology and on everything. So I like to implement modern things like the the, the you know the they sign in the every day with the fingerprints. I install those systems myself because I'm good with technology, installing routers and software and things like that. So I do that to make it simple and less, you know, less micromanagement. So people likes it because I'm, you know, I'm not on top of anybody. So um, I do the, the, the staff management about everything related to them. I hire 
uh, unfortunately, sometimes I had to fire people. And I have a, like a very maternal style for to people to give the opportunity to learn. And as I said before, to grow. And so my daily, uh, on the daily agenda, I come and I check all the calendar for my principal because I'm in charge of her appointments professionally and personally. So set up uh, dinners, reservations, and, and if she's traveling, for example, I'm, I'm on call the 24 hours uh, because a flight can be delayed or changed. I have to be on top of what it meant, whatever needs to be changed, changing the chauffeur to notify that the flight is late, the hotel, if I need to extend one night. So everything comes like, there is nothing in my routine that I can say on the agenda because sometimes I come with the idea that I want to work all day uh, with the contractor reviewing a contract and I had to cancel it because my principal has an emergency that needs to book something or cancel something. So, you know, the day is very different every day, but very exciting. Um, like, you know, is this something new happening every day? Yeah, you know what, that's such like a typical house manager role. It's so varied, it encompasses absolutely everything with the added challenge, obviously, of the travel and the London properties as well. So really full roles, um, which is great to think that you came, you know, you just worked your way up to that. There's a few things I was going to touch on in there. One, um, it must be, um, how do I say it? Um, your employers must be so pleasantly surprised when you turn up and fix all their technology because you they probably weren't expecting it from you if they didn't know your background. I don't know many people that have a sign in with the thumb, like that's cool, cool that you're able to do it yourself, but also cool because you know it's just modern, it's just a new modern way of working. And like you say, technology is in place to make our lives easier. And so why not embrace it? I think a lot of people are scared of introducing technology. Um, so good for you, and I can see how employees respond well to that because it's, you know, it's it's uh, in, in what can be seen as quite a fuddery duddery industry sometimes. Um, that must be quite cool to work in a household that's got such modern, you know, things in place like that. Um, I also liked your uh, the fact that you have a like a maternal management style. Um, and I think having done that, having worked your way up, you've got the added benefit then of knowing the role yourself really well. You can lead by example and people obviously respect that. So, so that's good. Do you typically have uh, an American team or do you have South Americans working with you? Do you have Brits ever working with you? What does your team normally look like? Okay, you know, the New York is, um, as everybody knows, a melting pot of all the original nationalities. So literally we are the United Nations here, like literally. Mm -hmm. So every job that I have been, uh, we come from different uh, countries around the world. In New York particularly, you find uh, people from the Caribbean like from Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, but as well you find from different countries. For example, if you want to hire a chef, it's a big community of Italian, Greek, you know, chef. And the housekeeping area, mostly you find people from Asia, Philippines, Philippines, um, you know, Thailand, people that comes here, like the Latinos, uh, to do sometimes hands-on uh, jobs and 
So, you know, it depends. Uh, half of my staff um, from Latin America. So my principals are happy that my first language is English, Spanish, sorry. So with Spanish, if they don't understand like completely a command, you know, the English is still like to me, not a hundred percent. I'm still, you know, working in, but um, some of the people that work with me, um, they don't understand like 50% of the, let's call technical vocabulary. So I help them in, in Spanish, of course, I don't speak other language to help the rest of the team, but people speak English. So this is, say, you know, different, different, uh, <laughs> we are different, including myself. At the beginning, my accent is like, you know, my principles are like, oh, you have an accent. Mm -hmm. I do. <laughs> Your English is really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's really good. Um, when you are hiring new staff into your uh, into the home, do you typically like to do the recruitment directly or do you like to use recruitment agencies? Oh, you know, typically I do it directly because I don't have staff that I need uh, like certain level of education. So I, the, the, the screening is not so high. And most of the time is by recommendation. Somebody I'm looking for, I have a guest that is looking for a, a nurse assistant because they have a little health issue or they come into New York for a surgery and the family is hosting, the relative is hosting them to come, my principal hosting them to come to New York. So they need a, a nurse assistant or a nurse for, so I start calling my contacts. I need, a uh, person with these characteristics and uh, I find the people right away it's, it's very easy to find like this way yeah no brilliant now obviously obviously um, I run a recruitment agency but and not to talk myself out of business but I'd always recommend people do their own recruitment you know the recruitment agencies are there for support um, you don't have to use them obviously and there's always a cost involved but it's I think that we, the agencies the purpose of an agency is if you simply don't have time or access to the candidates that you need um, you know, I'd, I'd always do my own recruitment if I can. I use agencies if I don't, if I want extra support or I don't have time. So what is it, you, when you're hiring new staff then, what is it you're looking for? Do you need people who've worked in homes before or do you happy to take people who are brand new to the industry? What's your view? Oh, well, you know, no, definitely I like people with experience in the industry, especially, you know, besides of a great resume, I like to be, to, to hire people that has a extremely good recommendations. No recommendation letters because the letters sometimes can say fantastic things. And, and yes, 90% of the time they're accurate. But the principals are uh, so much in love with their previous uh, former employees that they, contacting them is not like, you know, not difficult to get reference, real reference. People, they said, I know this person and is the boss. Because to me, the knowledge is maybe 60%, 50%, and the other 50 is the attitude. Uh, people with a good attitude comes like to learn everything from scratch. The principal likes to make the bed with this and this little detail. So people with a good attitude learn very easy. So that is the people that I prefer comes with good recommendations to be a person, hardworking person devoted to this industry 
and the rest, you know, it goes on my, you know, and the rest is part of the training that they're going to have in the house. Yeah, I, I look at it very similarly as well. When I'm recruiting for myself, a huge part of what I'm looking for is the personality and the attitude um, and if they're going to fit and if I'm going to be able to sort of train them. So I agree. Also, references. For those people listening, don't fake your references. So you think people think that, like, I don't think people realise how often it can happen. And like you were saying, 90% of written references are true and accurate, which is great. Um, I've certainly read references that the candidates have written themselves. And when I call the number on it, I'm obviously talking to their mate or their sister. And you very quickly have the conversation ended. They'll be like, oh, I'm in a tunnel. <laughs> Put the phone down. Um, it's bonkers. <laughs> it's bonkers. So, um, and, you know, I've also worked with people who don't even check references, which is just bananas. So, uh, yeah, I, I think references are really, really important. Um, what, do you, what do you enjoy about this sector? So what's kept you in this sector for the last sort of, 10, 15 years? What do you enjoy most about it? You know, this sector uh, is to me really, uh, really exciting in terms of the opportunities that um, as in general we have like to come across different people's situations that working in another industry will never happen. Uh, for me, has been, I have been honored to come across people like famous in the industry like uh, one day I, I met an uh, opera singer. I have seen, you know, famous people like important CEOs. And I had the opportunity that I qualify unique in, in my life uh, because I have seen like real art paintings, like something with two uh, digit uh, millions and sometimes three. And I, I feel honored because some people just go to the museum and they see a, a replica or something. And to me has been like a, such a honor to, to be like a witness. Oh my God, this is the original of this. Yeah. So, you know, these, these type of things and, how, and knowing people in the fashion, uh, like industry, top architects, and, and also, you know, networking with my colleagues and the different meetings that, uh, that we are part in New York. So to me, it's such an opportunity, make it so exciting, so unique. Um, I, I really like to please my principals to see they are happy. They can go to bed thinking about their business that brings them income and they are not concerned about uh, little details in the house and knowing that everything is organized and, and is working even without their supervision. To me, it's is really, really, you know, rewarding for, for, my, for me and my career right now. Yeah, I can tell. You can just tell when you speak to people that those that are truly passionate about what they do really, really enjoy it and feel privileged to work in this industry. Um, yeah, it's lovely. I think that's such like a common theme across quite a lot of people I've been speaking to. Um, just, just seem to love what they do, which is so lovely. How lucky are we to love what we do? The amount of people I speak to, they hate their jobs. Blows my mind. Um, 
So where are you today then? So you're obviously in New York. So um, are you right now looking for a new opportunity or not right now? I know, I know that people may listen back to this in the future and you may obviously be sorted for work, but what does the sort of future look like for you? Is, is New York your home for the foreseeable future? Well, you know, um, I, the market is changing for sure right now. And New York is, uh, as I said at the beginning, changing in terms of principles, want to keep their families and if they have small kids or kids they want to keep their kids safe so some of them they found during the pandemic comfortable staying for longer term at their country houses or the beach house and you know so families temp i'm assuming that is temporary they're moving out of new york so right now my during the pandemic my job has been in pause because it was kind of nothing to do, no trips, no nothing, no uh, contractors coming, this and that. So right now I'm open to new opportunities and also I'm open to relocate, but only um, along the East Coast of New York. Because to me, for example, to relocate to the, to the West Coast, like California, that is a dream market for me, is complicated. I have my, now my home here. And I would love to go to California just for job reasons because I'm very career oriented. But this the change is complicated. So I will prefer to, you know, to say that uh, around New York, everything is, is still working for me, even when I have to leave New York. Uh, but I say everything is changed. Let's sort of wrap up then, because we've been talking for 35 minutes. So how do these get time go so quickly? And I'm trying to be really conscious to keep these a bit short at the minute. So um, one thing I ask everybody, I don't know if you've got an answer to this, but is there anything that you've seen over the last 15 years, like quite a bizarre thing that you've seen at work, a, a bizarre, anything happened weird with staff or with your job or with your client, any, any bizarre story that comes to mind? Oh, my God, bizarre, maybe not, but maybe a funny story that, you know, I was working for the family that I was coming. My schedule was a little late because I was letting them to to get ready to go to work. And uh, sometimes my principal, she was out of the house, so she was getting ready to go out. And in between, I was like chasing her for for to get a signature or to ask something specific, and, you know, and sometimes she was just by calling me uh, because I'm running late. So that was like everything, like a pink silk uh, bathrobe, something really nice. So I see from the, the, the end of the hallway without my glasses, the silhouette, and I said, oh my God, I need to ask this. So I run, and when I go at the end, I hear, ah, and it was the husband. Like, like, oh my God, sorry. I, it's, so because I thought it was she when I saw that, and, 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 and so I was running behind her. And he said, oh, sorry. Like, he was so embarrassed. And at the end said, oh, I'm sorry. He said, Later on, he said, I was wearing this because I was in a rush. And, and, and I put my wife, uh, you know. So because, you know, when you are working in the home, you see, you know, things that you had to be blind and, you know, it was just funny. It was well, just a funny event. That's hilarious. Thank God he was wearing a robe, but he wasn't wearing nothing. <laughs> At least he was wearing a robe. And, well, in other places that I see, like, you know, more, you know, things, but we are blind. We are just blind and we hear nothing. We see nothing. 
Yeah, no, exactly. I think that must be the case in so many homes. I think staff must see so many things that um, they probably shouldn't, but you just erase it from your mind. It's just part and parcel of the job, isn't it? Fabulous. Um, so well, just, to, just to wrap things up there, so I've just got a few quick fire questions. They're super quick, super easy, and then we'll sort of like let people get on with their day. So do you prefer roles that involve travel or not? Um, either, I like both, either. Yeah, perfect. I don't have preference, yes. Do you believe an estate manager should be available 24-7 to the principal? Yes, I do believe, I do believe. We, we are the person in charge of everything. I we do. I agree. What's your biggest turnoff in staff? Um, well, in, in the corporate world, I was managing 30 people. But working here, managing um, private staff has been 10, 12. Fair. Uh, but sorry, what do you, uh, and what's your biggest bugbear? What's the biggest um, frustration in a staff? What could they do that annoy you the most? Oh, you know, um, good question. Uh, maybe something that really like turns me off is when the personnel is not motivated, mm -hmm. when they don't understand that the, we are here to please the principal. Just like they don't understand, oh, we did that already. No, no, we're going to change it because the one that is different. And, you know, it's, that's it maybe. Yeah. Okay. Do you prefer working with families with, who have young children or not? I like both. Very diplomatic answer. I, like, I love children. I love uh, dogs, cats, and you know, I, it, that doesn't change anything for me. Oh, fabulous. And mm. uh, I think some people um, love it because they love the dynamic within a house when there's a lot going on with children and animals. There are other people that just prefer the quiet household with the adults. So I can see both. Um, and then finally, do you to concentrate is better, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> to concentrate is better, but to enjoy the job is like, you know, it's also part of it. Yeah, of course. And it's nice to see the kids grow up, you know. It's nice to see you're part of the family, hey. Um, and then finally, do you motivate more with a carrot or the stick? If I motivate, excuse me. Uh, it's, it's hope, hopefully you understand, it's the English phrase. Do you motivate more using a carrot or a stick? Do you understand the phrase? No. Ah, okay. Well, let me explain. I don't know how many Americans listening. So in England, we talk about motivating with the carrot or the stick, as in, uh, is your management style more um, um, telling people what they should or shouldn't do uh, and instilling fear in them? Or is it more um, encouraging and motivating and, you know, uh, and incentivizing them to do well. Oh, okay. So if you want to ask the question again, and I will answer you. <laughs> do you uh, prefer? Yeah, because we don't use that expression. So for me, it's like, uh, it's something new. No, well, that's all right. So would you, do you prefer to motivate with a carrot, i.e. incentivizing people, tempting them, dangling a carrot, or do you prefer to motivate them with a stick, as in using fear to get what you want out of them. Yes, so to me it's like the mix of, uh, you know, like to motivate people, uh, but I don't use like the boss style, because I grew up in a new generation of leaders and no, no bosses anymore. So I motivate by, I lead by example, and I motivate them with the rewards as a personal development and this, you know, with the principle. Yeah, I, I agree. I think by the sounds of it, speaking with you, the way you sort of uh, 
uh, mentor people and the way you sort of talk about how maternal you are with people. I definitely probably can imagine you motivating with the carrot rather than the stick. I'm definitely a, a motivator with the carrot and the stick as well. I think this, I don't understand if you motivate with the stick, I don't want people to do things because I've told them to do them, do them. I want them to do things because they want to do them, you know, so I'd rather create an environment where everybody wants to do what they do rather than they do it just because I told them. So I personally think that motivating with the carrot is more effective as well. Just oh, so because the stick is like the old, like the old school parents, yeah. like the old school that they were with the stick behind. Yeah. Oh, now I got, I understand. Like, <laughs> well, no, you've learned a new, you've learned a new phrase now to take back to work. Um, there's a few things I didn't know. No big time. Thank you. I've learned something new. There you are. Well, look, thank you very much for your time. Um, we um, managed to be a little bit shorter than normal, but still longer than I always plan. But really useful to um, have spoken to you. Very nice to hear your story. Um, I don't think I've spoken to anybody that had a degree in engineering and then went into being au pair and developed their career from there. Um, so I think that's really, really inspiring. And I think those, it's also really interesting to put house managers to hear, you know, what your role involves over in New York. There are challenges that you have that we don't have, like the fines for the garbage, et cetera. So really useful to have a different perspective um, on the role of house manager, estate manager. So thank you so much for coming on. So that's a wrap for this week, everybody. Um, if you would like to come and be a guest, please come and email me at philippa, P-H-I-L-I-P-P-A, at silverswanrecruitment.com. Um, come and tell your story. If you are looking for work, it can be a good platform to uh, put yourself out there as well. Um, if you are enjoying what you hear, please can you make sure you tune in every week? Hopefully you do. And um, what I'd also like to ask you to do is if you listen on Apple Podcast, um, you're able to scroll down to the bottom of the episode listings and you're able to rate and leave a review. I've never asked people to do this before, but if you do like what you hear, I'd absolutely love for you to rate and leave a review. That really helps the podcast, um, help our, helps our visibility really. On, on, uh, on the podcast uh, app. So um, thank, please definitely come and like. Uh, please come and visit our website if you're looking for work. If you want to be a guest, please get in touch. So thank you very much. Cheers, Clara, and I'll see you all next week. Bye.